Welcome to video game bullshit. My name is Jeffrey Wittenhagen, and I'm a published author-slash-writer. Video games, both old and new, are my passion. I recently had a successful Kickstarter for my NES collector's book called The Complete NES, and I'm currently doing a massive overhaul of my original book called Hidden Gaming Gems, uh, creating a new NES game to go with it. I also have tons of projects in the works. My blog is at hagensalley.wordpress.com, and I'm on a lot of forums as a Subcon 3. And we've got guys. Hey, hey, I'm big into uh, no death runs, high score runs, uh, collector of all things vintage and retro. Uh, pretty much anything video game related. Also collect figures, vinyl, VHS, tap handles, old beer signs, and old beer steins. And we've got Daria. Daria here, and I'm a collector and enthusiast of all things role playing. I also run a burgeoning YouTube channel which covers retro game review and indie game coverage. You can find that at youtube.com slash DariaPlays, T-O-O. Please call our number, leave a voicemail or a text message at 262-264-VGBS. So I could go over a couple of the homebrew that I've gotten recently. Some NES games. Do tell. Okay, so um, I can go backward. Um, I got a game called Silicon Statue. Oh, that was the, the music one, right? This one is an actual music album. Yeah, that's badass. It was released by the same guy that did the music for Kevin Power. Um, Kevin Power in too many games. I think he may have done the music for a couple other Vectrix's games as well. But um, extremely well done. It's pretty cool. It's like 10 tracks or so. And there's like a little robot in there that dances around. It's by Bleep Bop Records. Really, really cool game. Um, not game, but a cool album. And it was just simply a cartridge. It was really minimalistic. I loved it. I got that one. I did um, buy an LE within the last few months. And it was 1007 Hammers. I got the limited edition from... And that was one of the other guys that bought the license to a game. And that was my... And this guy is actually a buddy, Neo Delfino, on Nintendo Age. Really cool dude, though. But I got I got the limited edition because it came with a Nintendo Age banhammer. <laughs> <laughs> and it says on there, by the power of Joel. Which, there's a Joel thread on Nintendo Age that goes really far back. And Oh, that is a hilarious thread. It's fucking awesome. So I have a I have a a hammer that says by the power of Joel on it. I'm gonna highlight it in one of my videos that I do sometime. It'll be funny. Nobody'll get it but Nintendo Agers. But um right. Yeah, I, I and the thing is though is like Neo Delfino is, you know, the epitome of another passionate Nintendo Age member. And like he was at too many games with me and he actually just did the video recording for my panel. <laughs> like just because he was there. And, like, I, we roomed together so we could save on money and shit. Like, I never met the guy before that day. Like, he's really awesome dude, though. Um, and, like, so he's an example of, like, buying a license and just, like, 
you know, doing a release, and I think he donated some to Nintendo Age or something. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. But um, that game, though, is pretty bad. The 1001 Bolts, which is 1001 Hammers. You essentially are dodging hammers, band hammers, or dodging bolts, um, depending on. And it actually is two games that switch when you press refresh reset which is really interesting i have a feeling that sometimes these these joke games that are obviously kind of meme in nature mm-hmm. are not very good at, at their core no they're just meant to be funny that's the yeah but this one like doesn't even do a score or anything and it, it like kind of yeah i don't even know if you, you hit a thousand and seven dodges if it ends or not i'm not sure um as i said did you implement because he bought the licensing i'm like did you at least implement a score like do we do high score or something how many we dodge Give me a reason to play it more than once. And he's like, no, it's like, I don't know how to program. <laughs> it's like, dude, look at some tutorials or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the epitome, though, of, like, joke games is Vetrix's games. He did the commie killer. He did the um, oh, yeah. cornball cocksuckers. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Kevin Powell. That was funny, by the way. Oh, yeah. Fiery Rain, who who started the whole calling everyone cornball cocksuckers. Yeah. Uh, he was on Digital Press, and he's like, I didn't get banned from Nintendo Age. I've never been banned there. I just didn't want to go back. And it's like, um... Try going back. What's this? Try, try going back right now. Uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just quoted. I'm like, this isn't you. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, though, is that Vetrix's games, though, are Joe games, but he knows how to program. So, like, I have yeah. Tommy Killer and Kevin Power that he's done, and both of those games play and are very fun. Like, Tommy Killer, you're shooting, I think, the American flag at a communist. Like, a giant head. Mm-hmm. Like, you're the American flag, like, shooting bullets at it. Like, <laughs> it's like, Mar- it's all tripped up. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the epitome of, like, it should be a garbage game, but it's fun. And it keeps on, in- it, it keeps your score, and it keeps on increasing in difficulty, and, like, it's just, it's a complete arcade-style game. Kevin Power, you're driving a car trying to get to too many games in this one, and you're dodging people, but I don't dodge them. You hit them, because you get points when you hit them. <laughs> you run over a bunch of people with a car, uh, and then you collect items to get lives and fuel and things, and dodge cops and rocks and stuff. And it's so simple, though, that my, you know, my daughter can play, my three-year-old can play the game and actually get past a level. So it's like one of those, that, that one keeps score, too, and it's extremely addictive. So, I mean, that just proves, though, those are definitely meant to be joke games, and they're very playable. Um, I didn't play Cornball Cocksuckers. I didn't want to have that cartridge at my house with my daughter here. I didn't think that was appropriate. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, I got that one. And so those are a few of my recent homebrews. I did also, I don't know if you heard about the Action 53s. No, I haven't heard about this shit. Yeah. That's new to me. Yeah, there's two Action 53s that have come out, and they're basically homebrew collaborations. So I just got Volume 2 of the Action 53s. Uh, volume 1 had streamers on it. And that game was freaking amazing. They basically took the mechanic of streamers on the Action 52, but made it more like Bionic Commando, and had a huge, like, overarching story, and had a bonus mode where it was like, you could do the anti-gravity like you can in Kid Dracula. (laughs) There was like a whole bonus game where you could play the whole game again like that. So they designed the game to not only work with the you know, the streamer-style bionic arm, but also with the anti-gravity. That was Action 53 Volume 1, and it also had a ton of other games, like Landmaster and um, Lawn... There's, like, a lawnmower game, like, little mini-games. There's a ton of games on there. And then Volume 2, there is a couple of the Mojon Twins games, like Sergeant Helmet is on there and Sir Ababal... And those were some conversions from the ZX Spectrum that got put on the NES by them. And those games are really cool, too. That's on the Volume 2. There's also some multiplayer games that they threw on there, too. They're super fun. Uh, but both of those, I think they were for sale on Infinite NES Lives, the website. They might still be up. Pretty cool games, though. 
Yeah, great finds. Oh, yeah. Like, that's just like when I see posts on Nintendo Age, like, oh, this is up for bid now or up for sale, and I go look at it and check it out. And I definitely don't buy everything that comes out. I just buy what I think I'd be interested in. Well, there's too much stuff coming out now to buy it all. Way too much stuff. And there's also the cryptic, and then they post it to an auction games that come out. Yeah. And like I you know supported um Neo Delfino with a thousand and seven hammers, but like I think that was one of ten that came out within those two months. And it's like they just keep on releasing more and more. Like the, the uh one game that you reviewed the incident, how much did those go for, the limited editions? Oh god. I think I saw the top one I I wanna say it was like five hundred? Yeah. Five hundred dollars, Kyle, for a new homebrew. Maybe it was 300 But like we said, we actually covered this in another episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think the minimum was 300 I think the top was 500 like, like, you had to spend over 3 to get one. It's like those Neo Geo homebrews. That starts at, like, 500 in it. Well, but again, as long yeah. as they release a regular edition, let the Nintendo whales... Mm-hmm. Let them give you money. Yep. I don't see a problem with that. Yeah, it's just, it's just the frequency, though, that they've been coming out. It's like, I can't even afford it. Like I'm not a whale. I wish I was. Like, well, you don't, and you don't, you don't need the collector's edition for all of them. Uh-uh. No one needs that. A box with a cart would be nice. Yeah, at a reasonable price. That's a, uh-uh. a nice box cart. Exactly. Uh, maybe a manual for a reasonable price is, I think, is is, is fair. Absolutely. But if you're going to throw in any extra, like some of them do posters, some of them do the the special boxes. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at fucking sword and ruins right now it's there's gonna be some some special item we're not gonna tell you what it is but it comes with something special <laughs> throw in that shit as i said cryptic but <laughs> oh he's he's very cryptic oh yeah soul goose here uh likes the two word updates mm-hmm. i mean i can say i did a limited edition with my kickstarter for the game and the thing is though is that sly dog never did a limited edition he was on our podcast back near the first in the first season he was like completely against you know going to limited editions and i was able to show him a little bit of the merit in it and basically he used all the money he made from the kickstarter to start doing limited editions for his other games so he can actually start making some money because he's made like no money on any of his games and he had you know virus cleaner some awesome games yeah so like basically i was at least able to help him to the point where now he can sustain like to do limited editions and hopefully, you know, keep keep making more games for us. Well, yeah, he d- he deserves compensation, and that's what keeps the the creative juices flowing. Is yeah, and, and I'm greedy because I I like his games and I want him to make more. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Either, you know, that's every gamer ever. Yeah, everyone loves a company that they just want them to make more games. Yeah, that's all of us. And then now I see so. what he's doing with his one that he's doing for the project and i'm like holy shit this is gonna be amazing (laughs) see fortunately for me i like rpgs and adventure games and they are so time consuming Uh that there's not a whole plethora of them coming out i don't need to support every every homebrew yeah that's and and that's a, a good thing that goes back to what we've talked about in the podcast is it's great to focus and know what you're collecting for you can't just buy everything Although we seem to have scared off the one guy that was putting out Cat's Quest. That was unfortunate. Scared him off. What's the story with that? Oh, okay. This is a little forum drama you guys missed. Drama drama. There was (laughs) a programmer that posted up screens. He was making a Link to the Past clone on NES. And he's a very talented pixel artist. Like, his his screens were beautiful. And he was very transparent with the... uh, the sprite sheets and everything that he, anyhow, he, he was making the game. Like it, it was actually a really good thread and a lot of people were excited for it. Hmm. He's also a very eccentric person. So there was another thread where somebody was asking very innocently whether it would be possible to hack or rebuild Mega Man nine to, to work on an NES cartridge. It did not get shit on. No. It was a very... No, there were legitimate responses from the homebrew community. But one of the the, uh, posters just mentioned that um, there were some high-quality homebrews that were coming out 
that were being worked on now. Aulia was one of the ones that was mentioned and Cat's Quest was the other. And he said that these people should look into Kickstarter. And the one guy came in and um, basically said that Kickstarter was an insult that he had worked extremely hard to get where he was as a programmer and he was not asking for handouts. <laughs> and he was kind of insulted by this. And he, now this is where it went downhill. He mentioned that his family was very rich mm. and he worked very hard to not take money from them. Weird. And I made the, this, now I, I put my foot in it. Uh-oh. I, I really put my foot in it. I quoted the guy and said, well, perhaps because you're rich, that's why you snub your nose at viable income sources. Oh, no, you killed the Link to the Past remake. <laughs> I did. I did. He, he then came into the thread and said yes. that was it. He was never making any NES games again. It was over. And the community was toxic, and he was done. You are now nicknamed the Dream Crusher. <laughs> it wasn't just me. It was also somebody else. Yeah, but, um, yeah, yeah. I'm following him on Twitter, and I was like, dude, I'm sorry. I did. I was just trying to have a conversation. I was not trying to, like, crap on you. I'm just a bitch. I'm sorry. Now, now, here's, <laughs> now here's the realistic thing, though, in my stance on Kickstarter. Be, oh, he totally was insane. Because but still, I wasn't trying to stop him from making games. I've had countless <laughs> people uh, shit on me in that community for going to Kickstarter. And that's probably why old Soul Goose <laughs> like, tried to distance himself. Because he's involved with people who are not happy that I was in Kickstarter. Now, I don't see that as taking out handouts. I see that as, you know, as Mr. Christopher Sante said earlier, you need we need to figure out how to reach more people, right? What is Kickstarter? It's a way to reach more people. That's all I saw it was, is that it was a great way for me to take my book being a virtually unknown author, and if I, you know, get enough attention, I can distribute it worldwide and ship books to Czechoslovakia that I had to last this fucking week. It's insane. There was no way that if I would have stayed within the realm of just simply a Nintendo Age forum and like my Facebook friends, that I would have, you know, sold over 200 books. Like, not gonna happen. Right. Like, I would have sold like 20. This, like, my last, my first book, I sold like 20, 30. I distributed it to uh, some local game stores. But like, now I actually have my name out there. That's Kickstarter. Help that. Like, and that'd be the same thing with your games, is that if you take it to Kickstarter, more people are going to see it. And there's a correct way and a wrong way to approach Kickstarter. Yes, absolutely. It, there's nothing inherently wrong with crowdfunding. No. You know, it's just there are a lot of people that abuse it. Mm -hmm. And as a backer, you have to be extremely careful of what projects you're willing to put money into. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to back some new game programmer programming an NES game because if it never comes out I mean I did that with it was called Lizard he's still working on it his last update was I'm in over my head but I'm still doing it um, and I was like okay he he you know what that guy posts daily on um NES dev forums uh, he hasn't disappeared. I saw his passion behind it, and it looks really cool and I would have support I, I backed it to support him. Yeah, I was tempted, honestly. That was one of the few. I, I didn't. I'm broke. I have no money. Yeah. But I wanted to. Now, the, the ones <laughs> that I don't like, and we've mentioned it before in earlier episodes, is I just don't like the major corporations that go in and ask like they need money to fund the fucking game when they're still going to make it. They're treating it like a pre-order system, honestly, because they half the time those companies go in and they ask for a meager amount. Yeah, and it's... Like, they've already got the game funded, Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I've I've backed a couple of those, not for um, um, I've backed. There is a company that does gaming miniatures. I don't know how big of nerds you two are. I would I would back something like that though. It's artistic. Okay. At that point. Reaper Miniatures uh, wanted to do a line. Yeah, Reaper's pretty badass. The bones. They wanted to do plastic molds of their yeah. already pewter figures. And they're they're pretty much a pre order, and they've I've, they've done like three or four of them now, and I I've jumped in on I jumped in on two of them because it was such a good deal. I've got like 
500 I've got a box of like 500 figures yeah you're an uber nerd <laughs> yeah nothing wrong with of, that of just that I got from those two kickstarters it's like I, I someday I'm gonna paint these and work on them but there's a huge difference between a company that makes miniatures and backing Shenmue through with fucking Microsoft already having their hand in that pot. Or Infune that brings another game while his other game's still in production and getting delayed and then brings another game to Kickstarter and asks for millions of dollars. I recently backed um, In Exile had uh, The Bard's Tale 4. That looked interesting. That looked good, and the only reason I backed it was they were offering for $20 an early bird. I just happened to jump in right at the right time. The people who got early bird would get, um, for $20, they'd get their digital copy of Bard's Tale 4 plus a digital copy of Wasteland 2. Cool. And then there would be a free upgraded director's cut. So I essentially got Wasteland 2 for $10. That's not and bad Bird's at Tale all. And Bard's Tale 4 for $10. I was like, shit, that's, I've been waiting for a sale on that. I have to have that. So... I generally do not back uh, digital only, though. They have to have some kind of physical aspect for me to want to back. Computer games? I'm totally fine with it. Yeah. I want cheap download computer games. My console games, I want physical. Yeah. But my computer games, I don't give a shit. I, I've never collected. Before digital was a thing, I was pirating PC games because the shit just went obsolete too quickly. Before I get sidetracked with where I want to go with the Friday the 13th Kickstarter. <laughs> just going oh, yeah. just going <laughs> back on the, um, what was the game that the guy that you shat on his dreams, what was the game called? Cat's Quest. There's Cat's actually Quest. more to that story. Okay, so just so you know, <laughs> there already is a Link to the Past demake, and I have the cartridge, and it plays fine. I have a Link to the Past on the Famicom. Okay. And it was released by some Chinese. It was released by the Chinese game company, the same one that did uh, Final Fantasy VII. And it looks okay. Yeah, they do a good. lot. It plays okay. It's a little weird with the items. I think Kyle and I used to talk about it um, years back before the podcast. But it plays pretty good. It looks pretty good. It would have been a lot easier for him to take that game that's already developed and then just put his amazing sprite artwork onto that. And do a director. He's doing his own thing. Mm -hmm. I don't think he should have taken someone else's game. Well, I'm saying if he's just, just doing a link to the past. It's not. I'm, oh. I'm just using that as the description. That was kind of the artistic style. Ah. Is that he was. Saying? It was not. It was not a Zelda game. It's his own game. Oh, so he's just doing an action but it's, RPG. It's that, yeah, he's doing an action RPG. Cool. Or adventure game. Yeah, it's just unfortunate that you had to hurt his feelings. I really have no censor sometimes. Eh, it is what it is. And yeah. in the end, if he is so hurt that he would stop doing that, he wasn't really passionate about it. And that's what someone else brought up. I personally, just from talking to the dude, because I, I talk to him on Twitter, like I'm trying to patch this up a little bit, mm -hmm. kind of failing. Mm -hmm. He's just a very, he's talented. You can obviously tell the technical skills are there and the artistic skills are there. He's just eccentric. Maybe the autistic skills are there, but <laughs> he he's very he's kind of out there. It's a bit of Kyle's favorite term, Aspergers. Yeah, Asperger's. He, he does not have <laughs> rational reactions. Keenan's to, uh, yeah. Keenan's <laughs> oh no! Oh no! <laughs> it's like this dude that we grew up with. He's he's smart and everything, but there's something just off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I, I had one thing. I called somebody a jackass, and he replies back to me, and I don't know. He might be kidding, but I'm not really sure. And he's like, jackasses, that's not politically correct. You should be saying ass bags. I'm like, is that a joke? Yeah. It's a, that's Did a, I offend someone with jackass? That's a bad joke. Yeah. That's, that's a really bad joke. <laughs> but when you talk to the guy, and you see the things he reacts to, maybe it's not.
And now before we bring out another miracle, we have a word from one of our sponsors. I'm lost. I don't know what to do. I have this Smash Bros. 64 cart, and it's completely corroded. It's my favorite game in the world. Is it beyond repair? Vishnu, Siddhartha Gautama, Buddha, are you there? What should I do? Friday the 13th, though, going to Kickstarter. I don't know if you heard anything about this, Daria? Uh, yes, yes. I heard a little bit. Because I think we kind of spread it around emails. I'm not sure what was viewed or read or... I read everything. I don't respond to it all, but I do read it. But, but essentially, the Friday the 13th game is what we've always wanted. We actually get to be Jason and go around and hunt campers. There's also going to be a multiplayer where it's like everybody trying to survive versus essentially a supernatural Jason killing everybody. And it's awesome. It's made by, you know, some really passionate guys and they're collaborating with Sean Cunningham and Tom Savini and Kane Hodder, uh, who was, you know, the most famous Jason Voorhees of all. Um, yes. Yeah, it's quite a lineup. You know, I could already see that if they allow us to choose any of the Jason masks or costumes from any of the movies, they have some of the final girls in there that kind of look like them, like have Adrian King in there, but have her look like Adrian King. I mean, it's just, it sounds cool. I haven't checked to see if it's how close it is to being funded. I'll actually look it up while we're talking about it, but I know it was getting there pretty close because I think they want, they needed a seven... 50 to get made 700,000 to get made they have 22 days left they're at uh, almost $500,000 with 7,000 backers so they have their 7,000 backers by the way it's going to be a close call <laughs> uh, but yeah. hopefully they'll get it they'll get it. it it's going to be a close call but the thing is is that if you're over 50% funded you're going to have people within the last day back it and you can raise what you've backed yes so there's that element. They had a physical game edition. Um, and basically I backed one that gets you exclusive in, an exclusive in-game playable character, Jason character, designed by Tom Savini with a unique weapon. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Tom Savini's awesome. Fuck That's just, yeah. That right there, like you named off the cast of people that they name dropped and it's like... Oh yeah, it's this is the game. I got a little moist at Tom Savini. Nice. Yeah, I'm pretty like, sure... Oh. Um, that's why I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's going to get funded because yeah. it's got all this the star power. Like, if there was anything to drag Kyle into the fucking current gen, this would be it. And it's close. So what system is it for? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Like The systems it's for is PC, PS4, and Xbox One. So the new current gen systems and PC. So technically, Kyle wouldn't have to buy a new system. He could. He would just have to get a PC that could run it. But it's only going to be physical through the Kickstarter. So their digital PS4 360. I'm not, or not 360. Uh, bone. It doesn't say that it's a exclusive to the physical's exclusive to this Kickstarter. It doesn't say. Then anything I like wouldn't that. assume it is. Yeah, I, I I would assume that it's not. Um, okay, then I would want to get it on PS4 eventually when I get one. Yeah, and it says here, um, it used to be called Slasher Volume 1 Summer Camp. That's what they called it for a while. 
<laughs> Maybe like a working title or something. That was their working yeah. title, and they said, why did they want to use Kickstarter? And they said they were not starting from scratch, as they've invested a lot of time and emotion into you know, summer camp. Um, this isn't a request to put money toward an idea or a vertical slice, but when we got the rights to the Friday the 13th name, we knew we had to make the game better than we initially were. Because they, initially, they didn't have the, the rights to Jason or anything. Yeah, that well, that's what I gathered when you said that they, they gave, like, this generic name. It's like, okay, yeah, obviously they need yeah. to get the... I, I was expecting you to kind of say they were doing the Kickstarter to afford the licensing, but mm-hmm. I, I see that's not the case. No, they, they apparently got the licensing, but now they want to make the game, you know, refine it and make it look better. They need to be... Uh, at this point, now they got the name, now they have to produce a AAA product. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. And they said, why not a partner with a publisher or something like that? And they said... um, we love a uh, great question. We love working with publishers, but most of them are great companies to work alongside. Friends of fans of the Friday the Thirteenth series know when it comes to Jason. Um, there aren't just concepts to consider; they're necessities. So they don't want to anchor themselves to some. They don't want to compromise. Yes. They don't want to be beholden to a publisher's whims. Or like have I to release it with a certain... They mentioned they don't want to release it with like a certain rating. They want to release it mature if they need to or a T for teen rating. Exactly. There there are very good reasons. Yeah. This is this is one of those those cases where Kickstarter was the better avenue than traditional. Yes. And they said, we're not interested in compromising what we made yeah what made the film franchise so popular. We're interested in building precisely what we as fans want. The ultimate Friday the 13th experience, blood, guts, gore, brutal kills, and more. You want to experience, you want an experience true to the films. And so do we, it's about creative control and delivering the best game we can we want to share that control with you, not a publisher. It's like, that's that I, I was like, all right, backed. Like after I read that, I was yeah. like, I'm good. I've already seen the, like watch the video. Take my money. Just take it. Just here's my wallet. Here's my, here, here's my savings funds. Here you go. So I'm, I'm guessing Savini has creative control for like the death scenes and stuff. Is that what he's doing? Um, I, I don't think they actually say, and actually we need to, I'm going to contact these guys. See if we can get them on the podcast, by the way. The, the actual creators. Oh yeah. And the thing is, though, yeah, she got moist again. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, I gotta go get a towel. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I Savini, that's great though. Yeah, and Cunningham, he owns the rights. I think so. That's why, or at least in part. So I think that's why if Cunningham's attached to it, you can call it whatever you want. Friday Thirteenth related, Jason Voorhees, whatever. How I see it is that. They're going to create the game, and then Sabine's going to look at it and go, oh, nope, you need to change the blood splatter to look like this. Or you need to make make the wounds look like this. Or he'll put his final touches on everything. Yeah. And he's absolutely right. And he will be perfect. I don't know know if you've (laughs) ever listened to the Tom Savini podcast. Uh, I think he was on with Chris Jericho, the wrestler. But Tom Savini talks about, like, how he got his craziness how he knows what everything looks like for gores because he served in the military during vietnam <laughs> yeah vietnam and he was taking pictures he was a photographer yeah and he like Jesus. studied the actual like arms when it was blown off and like what it looked like like the sinew and then that's how you know when he did stuff like maniac the burning friday the 13th the prowler mm-hmm. most people are disgusted and they go home with you know post-traumatic stress and he's like let me get right in there and let's see how that arm looks yeah because when when he was a kid he used to go to the movies and then like he would come home and try to do the makeup so it, that's just an extension of that he already knew when he was going to come back he's going to get into it so he's yeah. like <laughs> i'm just going to study while i'm out here you know so one thing that makes me sad though is that they have stretch goals and there's a picture of machete next to it and they have 24 stretch goals up to f- over $4 million, because you can see it's blurry, but you can see Yeah, them. it was blurred. What's up with that? Um, it's because they're going to unleash them as they hit those numbers. Yeah, they, they're hinting at them. Yeah. That's their, they kind of wet your appetite. So they made bit. them for every $25,000, it looks like. And it's just sad, because where they're currently going, they're going to get funded, but we're not going to see too many of them. And that's uh, that's sad. Because I, I want to see more. <laughs> I wish I had extra money. I would, but I really don't. Oh, um, there's one name I didn't mention. Shit, how did I not mention it? The composer and audio designer is Harry Manfredini. Harry Manfredini, Oh yes. my god. 
Like, it's the perfect fucking, perfect fucking amalgam. Now, we likely, when I message these guys, we probably not going to get any of the actual, you know, contributors. But we may, we may get Wes Keltner or Ronnie Hobbs. They're the co-creators and designers of the game. Well, we'll take the B list. It's okay. Yeah, they're We're they're still picky. involved with the fucking project. So we'll we'll take the the guy that brings him coffee. It doesn't matter. Just somebody <laughs> with some insight. Fuck yeah! I'll shoot him a message. But yeah, because the thing is, is that they're checking this thing as much as we are. So hopefully they they look at it and send me a message back and come on the podcast before it ends. Let's hope. Uh, yeah, because the thing is, is that I've I've seen crazier things. So yeah, Friday the Thirteenth though. Take. My money. That's like the epitome of a, of a Kickstarter that excites me, and it's perfect for the for Kickstarter. And that's the thing. Like that's what I love that website because it is a binge purge thing. Because I was talking with uh, you know Kyle recently, and I think it was just one random email, and I said I don't really you know binge collect old games anymore. I'm more supporting people's new endeavors with games. So I'm yeah. more of a homebrew supporter. Well, and When you buy old cartridges, I mean, they're for yourself. Yes. You're not going to support. These developers, are, are they've long made their money on it. They got paid their salaries. Supporting the resellers, honestly, at this point. Well, yes, and that's what I'm saying. Cause that's the only person you're really helping is yourself and the the guy on, e, you know, Pedro Games. You're helping him. Yeah. But, oh, no. Um, <laughs> He's a Pedro. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, I think we've Fucking talked Pedro. about Pedro before. Hillbilly but, Games. But, you know, it's, when you buy new games, <laughs> I, I, I like support, like you said, to support the, the little developers is much more rewarding. Yeah. Oh, and, like, the musicians, too. Like, I got the Megas CD and met them. And, like, mm-hmm. like and the thing is, is generally with, the, like, the homebrew community, at least, you get to talk with them, get their stories. Yeah, and for the most part, they are very you know personable people. Mm-hmm. Some exceptions. Some are cryptic, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he got back to me. It's seventy five dollars for the um, Nintendo Age uh, numbered box set. So that's not bad. No, it's not bad. That's a very good price. I I'm happy with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seventy five bucks isn't bad. Is it um wooden box or is it? No, it's a it's a paper it's, it's a, a it's paper it's a cardboard box. It's a paper made of paper and crocheted. <laughs> it's a form of paper. <laughs> One of it's 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 woven into a fine yeah. basket. Yeah, <laughs> it's a new thing. It's not bad though. Yeah, seventy five. Yeah, I mean the only reason why my box copies were more was because a Kickstarter fees and taxes to Kickstarter, and b Sly Dog wanted a certain amount. That's fine, and like you said, all the money's going to him. That's yes. I can't knock either of you for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, and for what you're making. Uh, there is no, I, I. It's kind of. He's going. There, nuts. there is no too high amount. Uh, um, there, it's, it's not too high. I'm just cheap. He's going nuts. Sly Dog's, yeah. Sly Dog's awesome too. Oh my he God. deserves the money. You know that the game's gonna be badass. Exactly. And that, that's the thing too is like, with and that's where you know I had my whole soapbox earlier is that this is such a niche niche um, hobby and part of the hobby. That when you do get a bad taste in your mouth on something, like you're already personally vested in it, and it kind of like it puts a bad taste in your mouth, and that's the only reason why it even bothers me at all is because you know it's like a whole we're all friends in the community type thing, and when people are being weird, it's just like really you're gonna yeah. be like that to a friend. And then it's kind of that yeah, that's that kind of thing where it's like I can cons- like I consider this person a friend, but they're treating me this way. I guess <laughs> I wasn't a friend of them. Yeah. And- and that, that yeah, transcended, like, knowing him on the forums. It was at my house every week. <laughs> like, like with a, you know, all our buddies every week playing freaking video games. And all of a sudden, it's like, <laughs> out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. Really, really weird stuff. But in the end, drama begets drama, right? So you just cut it off at the head. <laughs> Let it flail around. Literally. No. <laughs> like a dead, <laughs> dead, decrepit being that it is. <laughs> Quote the raven. <laughs> don't don't cut off his head. Literally, that's that's a temporary solution. That's definitely a temporary solution. <laughs> well, temporary for you, permanent for him, but exemplary solution. <laughs> but but in the end, though, like. 
I'm going to associate with people that are awesome. I do have something in the works that might be able to be associated with my Kickstarter. And if I get it, it would be epic. So that'll be something we can talk about off podcast. <laughs> but like it's fucking an opportunity that I have that it might be one of the biggest things to get released. <laughs> it's porn. It's it, it, it's it's porn. It's it's definitely porn. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. Make money then. No 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 uh, no no. <laughs> <laughs> we this was basically our homebrew episode. We're talking about homebrew games the whole time. Yeah. Kickstarter and is there anything else like about Kickstarter or craziness though that we could highlight that are coming out or anything? I'm trying to think like. Oh God, I don't know. I think the only thing that was worth me backing was Friday Thirteen. Oh, I'm very annoyed. My um, watermelon Kickstarter for the Pierce Solar, the Dreamcast, which was supposed to be shipping this month, they've like disappeared off the face of the earth. Huh. Well, their websites, they... their websites down. Oh, they they publicly had a falling out like between the members of Watermelon, and then one guy took over yeah. and said, "Trust me, we're not going away." And then the website went down. And then they went away. <laughs> and I vested money into their website, put gems into the development. Oh, you are part of that gem games. crap. I did that when it first came out because it was super cheap. Um, and okay. I All was right. voting on both games. I'm supposed to get both games that never are going to come out. So I mean, they might come back. They their Facebook set, uh, their Facebook posted They're a upgrading. couple of days ago. Yeah, they were upgrading. I mean, they'll they'll be fine, and they I've seen pictures of the Dreamcast version, so that fucker needs to come out. Well, Zeb had copies he was selling at um somewhere. He had gotten his copies early because he was a developer. He, this was what three weeks ago that they were supposed to ship out the Dreamcast version, and I am now moving in a week, so I'm going to move, and then they're going to ship the damn thing, and I'm going to be screwed. Well, they haven't sent out the email confirming the addresses either, so. Ooh, maybe I can update it real quick. Yeah, make sure your email's up to date. Yes, yeah, it's weird with that with the Kickstarter stuff though, because you never know when you're going to get it. Like I swear, Jeff, you're going to be like 60 years old, and you're going to get mailed something that's like finally finished. Pure Solar. Like, what is this? You're like, what the hell is this? Oh, yeah! Like, wow. Well, here's the thing to take into consideration. I'm going to move three times before I get fucking Pure Solar after I packed it. <laughs> like, it's been that's, four yeah. years or something. That's like. epic as fuck, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I apparently just need to play my Genesis copy. That's I, I fucked everyone because they're not going to ship the damn thing until I play the first one. I might wait and like what, once I get settled into my new gaming room and I don't have to trek three flights of stairs back and forth to set up consoles and shit because we're on a single floor. Uh, once I get my new setup, I'm probably going to start doing a game. I don't know what yet. I know last week I started some uh, Super Mario RPG that we never talked about, but. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you've given me time to play it some more because I'm only three hours in, so. Yeah, I I basically got um, stuck in the grind. I got one guy mad at me. He's like, well, when are you going to stream again? I was grinding. Stream? I think I was grinding the croc, the croc section, so I think I just beat croc. And I'm like, wait, I'm like level 10 or something, something ridiculously high that I oh, shouldn't shit. be. Because I was just sitting there yeah. grinding up my levels, and I played. I don't. I honestly don't know what level I'm at, but I got as far. You, you as... You don't um, need to grind in that game, though. I just no, did it. You don't. I just did Not it because because I like to be an overpowered. Uh, I'm in the mole's uh, the mole town, in the, oh. the mine dungeon. Yeah, you move fast. Yeah, it's pretty far, actually. The game's short. It's short, definitely. The game's short. I agree. For an RPG. Yeah. It's fucking very short. I want to say I. I want to say it's like a 10-hour game. Maybe 15 at the most. Yeah, it's definitely not like... Uh, like Final Fantasy games are usually way longer. At least yeah, for like me. 30 to 60. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. For some people say they can beat them like really quick. I, I don't know, but I'm, I can't beat them in less than, yeah, 30 to 60 is about right. Yeah, 30 if you speed run it. I would say it's, it's probably most uh, Super Nintendo era are, are about 30. And then... I like when they got into PlayStation games, started advertising, like, 100 hours. It's like, uh, it's kind of pushing it, but okay. 
Yeah, because FF7 had like three discs. I remember that was pretty crazy. Oh, FF7 yeah. was Well, they amazing. have three discs just because of the cutscenes. And just three didn't work for me, and I had to take it back. It was like defective. And Kyle takes it I, back after like months of playing. <laughs> I have a story about that. Oh, I want to hear it. I wanna this hear is it. my Final Fantasy VII horror story. So, for my birthday, 14th birthday, I got Final Fantasy VII on PC. I didn't have a PlayStation yet. But my cousins were all about the game, and they're like, you need, you need to play this. So, I got the game from Target. I'm playing it. I get to the first, uh, I think it's the first FMV, where it's like the ship. The, bi- the big ship comes into port, and right afterwards, the game crashes. Uh, take, and, I, and I try this a few times, because I'm stubborn. And I keep playing from the save point up to this FMV, and it keeps crashing. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty pissed off. I take the disc out. It's scratched. So I go to return it to Target, and they inform me that they don't do returns on PC titles. What? They only do exchanges. I'm like, okay. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, not bad. It works. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll exchange it. Take the thing home. Play it a little farther. Crashes again. It, like a different spot, though, huh? In a different spot, I take it out. Was it when the video was playing, or? No, nope. Some some other part, some other key part in the game. Uh-huh. I don't. Rem- I I honestly don't remember how many times this goddamn thing crashed. <laughs> but I take the disc out. It's damaged. I returned it multiple times. I had to keep going back to Target and swapping out my discs. Hell. Um, and I finally got as far as the um. You know, the, the end game, the meteorite comes down. You're supposed to go down into the dungeon. You, I was like, you know what? Fuck this game. I'm done. I have never <laughs> beaten Final Fantasy VII. It's almost like a defective run of discs or it something. Was, it was like the, yeah, it was like, it was either a defective run or they got, I mean, I guess they couldn't have gotten damaged in shipping because the boxes were fine. That's what I was thinking too. Like, did it fall off a truck? Yeah. But then it would have been like wasted. I bet it was like uh, off of the production line or something. Yeah. yeah, it's all this whole run of games that Target had must have all been in one batch. Yeah, exactly. And they were all just garbage. Nice. Come on, Square. Well, and fuck Target for not helping a fourteen-year-old get. Obviously, I've been there multiple times to return this product. Yeah. You think somebody with with Final Fantasy VII though? Like, I think the first time I played it, I enjoyed it so much I put like like 80 hours into it or 120 hours into it or some shit just because I was you know just going through and searching every nook and cranny and nowadays we don't have the, I don't have the time to go into that much no. depth and I had so much enjoyment that that that's how I want to play it but I can't so it's like it's one of those things so I just don't <laughs> and Final Fantasy 7 falls in that uh, trope of the 32 slash 64 bit console generation where it it's nostalgic rose colored glasses to the point where when you play some of these games now they're just not holding up. I don't like Final Fantasy Seven, and it's probably because I had such a bad experience trying to play it. Yeah, well, a lot, it's actually a lot of people say, you know, this is overrated. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like they say, like well, everyone says FF. I was saying FF7, it was overrated FF7, before. But... It was cool to say it was overrated. Push up my glasses. I don't think it's aged. <laughs> it hasn't aged quite so well as I thought. No, it it's ugly. Stroke your hipster beard. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna grow one just so I can. Oh, you can grow um, a hipster twist beard. Twist my my sinister mustache. Um, yeah, yeah. Overrated games. Excuse me while I tie it to the train tracks. <laughs> 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 have a stick of dynamite right here I can tie to your chest, Kyle, while you tell this story. <laughs> <laughs> the material system in Final Fantasy VII was awesome. It was great. Oh, no, but yeah, that was fun. I liked I liked being able to make any character what I wanted. Weren't they going to remake FF7? Or yeah. Something? Oh, I saw something like that. Yeah, at E3, yeah, they, they announced the Final Fantasy VII remake. <laughs> it's terrible you said that, and I immediately went to the uh, NESD make. Yeah, they they didn't. <laughs> My mind just was like, yeah, they remade that. Yeah, I have a, uh, I have yeah. a CIB of that that I made. I, I got the board and made it. Oh, you bastard! <laughs> I'm a bastard. You are a bastard. Yeah. <laughs> Jealous of that. I think I spent twenty bucks, <laughs> but I actually have a CIB. Man, that game most. Uh, I think the cheapest you can get is like seventy five, and that's from like China. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Eric um, Bishop has it for I think a hundred twenty five, or maybe his is a hundred. 
I think it's 115 with the clamshell or something. Yeah, I think he did the um the bit boxes from Stone Age Gamer, which those are bigger than the actual NES boxes. They look like old school Disney um, VHS clamshells. Yeah, and they're bigger though, so it's like I like everything to be the same size. So I'm I'm gonna stick with NES boxes since people make NES boxes still. I'm going to yeah. Let's stick with that. My Final Fantasy VII is the white cover artwork, the drawn artwork, and then I have an instruction book that goes with it, and you know, it's matching label, and I made the board and put it in there. <laughs> so it's it's awesome, plays perfectly. And the thing is, though, is that I think that there's different revisions of the ROM that came out. There's one that's like normal difficulty because when you played the original Chinese hack, it's freaking stupidly hard. And then there's okay. one where they made it really simple, and then I think they had one where they evened out the difficulty, and I think I have the evened out difficulty version because I'm I'm able to get you know like past certain aspects of it, and it's it's amazing on the NES. Like, like that's how I want to play Final Fantasy VII now. I don't want to play it on the PlayStation. Like, I don't want to play the PlayStation version. I didn't like the PlayStation version. There are things I liked about the game, and all those have been recreated onto a platform that. I'm more forgiving with. Mm -hmm. And it hits all the major plot points, all the major story points. So it's like, yeah, it's close. It's good. Um, And you know, the fact that I followed, I think it was on Nestev. I followed that forum for years as they were painstakingly um, recreating all the graphical tiles in there. They, maybe they had two threads because they had, they had one up also on uh, romhacking.com. It might've been the romhacking one. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was following that thread. I was following the thread for years, just watching them painstakingly um, change the Chinese garbage graphics that were in the original game and make it look perfect. I have both ROMs just for comparison. It's night and day. It's funny. Yeah, it's it's the Chinese one is an unplayable mess. It's just kind of an oddity, and they turned it into a good game. They would update the music and got off that rid of the high pitched screeching in there because that's still in it. Mm. That's the only yeah. gripe that I could have. But you have to, essentially, as Kyle said before, you have to, like... Reverse engineer. Reverse engineer the fucking game. And it's a Chinese, yeah. unique chip fucking game. So there's no way that they could have done that. The original people that did it probably don't even know what the fuck they did. No. <laughs> and, and that's the thing, though, is that, like, you have that game, you have the the Link to the Past fucking remake that's awesome. And then you also have uh, Resident Evil. And it's it's fucking great. It plays like Commando almost, but you're in Resident Evil and you get to shoot at zombies. There's another game I would rather play on the NES than play the original. I'd rather play a D-Make. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Like, oh, yeah, on yeah, the yeah. PlayStation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, the I, controls are really weird. I kind of... I, I yeah. can never get used to them, actually. The tank controls where you gotta, like... Press forward. When you press the side, it turns, and then you have to hit forward you press to go up mm. to go forward. It's like a human turret. Yeah, yeah it's, it, it is really weird. One of my yeah, buddies like swore by that game though, but I just can't. I don't know. Maybe I haven't played it long enough. I think it, it kind of reminds me of New Ghostbusters too, and how the D make works a little bit. That's so. a great one too. Okay. Yeah. I think, though, that we might have to, like, I was thinking if we're going to do a, a freaking RPG for Halloween time frame, which might be good for next year's Halloween, would be Sweet Home. Oh, I, I already plan on playing that soon anyway. I, 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 have a, uh, I do have a reproduction of that one. That was, like, one of the first reproductions I got was Sweet Home. Like, I got a, I got yeah. a, a few right at the beginning, like Rekka and Sweet Home, and they sent them to me for free to review on my the old website, vgmastersclub.com. <laughs> I got mine from um, Leon K. I don't even know if he still makes reproductions. He was one of the original people doing them. Does NES Dump have it? Probably. Yeah, oh yeah. I'm trying to think who Leon, like what was his website? Was that NES Reproductions? Oh, yes. Yes, nesreproductions.com. I think that's the copy I have. <laughs> there we go. Simple that's, enough. Yeah, that's the copy. You had to send you he could he could you could pay more and he would just do it, but you could send him a donor cart. He, I think he just sent me a couple. Yeah. Yeah, that's how NES dump I, is. I, I, I gathered up some donor carts and sent him three games and he sent me back. Um I got Sweet Home, Just Breed, and Chronicles of Radio War. Nice, nice and, and nice. I the three best untranslated games on the Famicom. It's Chronicles of the Radio War. Is that where you have the two characters? Uh, it's kind of set up like um, Star Ocean. 
Mm. There's a Zelda game that I was playing recently, and I think if I'm going to create a black box challenge too, I'm gonna hack that game. <laughs> I haven't I haven't figured it out yet. I've changed around like what games I'm gonna do, but I think I'm gonna do that game. And it was a game that's action RPG, two characters, and you're running around trying to collect this uh, certain weaponry or whatever. But I can change that all up in a hack. I think that would be the game that I would do. But that was awesome. It's an action RPG. It's pretty rare or, you know, hidden hidden gem. On Famicom or on NES? Fami. Okay. Yeah, definitely not NES. I'd, I'd know if it was NES. It would be a Crystallis. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... That's a good game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I got Sweet Home and, and um, Rekka. And then another... And this was, you know, like eight years ago or some shit that they sent this stuff to me. The other ones, they gave me, like, CIBs because they had extras of California Raisins and the Dracula one. I think it was the Dracula one. California Raisins is cool. Yeah, it's a really cool little... It's like a side-scroller thing. Unreleased. Yeah, there was two, like, unreleased games that they sent me. I'm surprised that didn't come out. Yeah. Yeah, it almost did, I think. It almost did. Yeah, there was a time when California Raisins had, like, a insane, like, pop culture thing going on. There was some Reebok like Vampire Pumps game. Oh, Drax Night Out. Yeah, that I think one's awesome that, too. I think that's the other game they sent me. That one's really good. Oh no, no, Doctor Doctor Franken was the other one. There's Doctor Franken. Um, we got the Super Nintendo one came out. And two. But that was released. And and two yeah. Game Boys too. There was a Doctor Franken one and two okay. for Game Boy. So is that um, Drax Night Out? Is that finished? Or yeah. is that only partial? Yeah. No, no, they're finished. Sweet. I'm about to get that from NES Dump, too. Just get a bunch. Yeah, I mean, they're fun. Um, that's why I like my um, EverDrive, though. Because, basically, I have every game at my fingertips, and then when I find games that are, like, amazing hidden gems, then I try to hunt them down at that point. I just emulate. I'm a dirty, dirty pirate. Yeah, I mean, Arr. and I'm just a, I'm the same, doing the same thing, just on the console. Yeah. Same thing. I'm just, I'm so cheap, I haven't even bought the EverDrive. Well, I, I like to play it with the Nintendo controller on the Nintendo. And it's it's as perfect as you're going to get with not without having a million different cartridges in the house that I can't move when I move all the time, so. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, I can't. Definitely makes sense. I've been cutting stuff off my collection left and right just because of, you know, not not being able to move it and been supporting a lot of projects, though. <laughs> Thank you for listening to VGBS. We appreciate everybody taking the time to get through this whole uh, arduous podcast. We love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you want to correspond with us, you can email us at bgbspodcast at gmail.com. We also have a phone number. It is 262264BGBS. You can leave us a voicemail, choose a text message, um, whatever you want to do, correspond. Also, comment on us, shoot us a message on Facebook, Twitter, Google+. We love hearing what people um, think about the podcast. All right, see you later. Woo! Later. Later.